Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Disturbing new details tonight. The violent mob got within 100 feet of Vice President Mike Pence as we learned some of the Capitol rioters wanted to capture and assassinate lawmakers. New video of rioters storming the Capitol, looking for the Senate floor, as Officer Eugene Goodman steers them in the wrong direction. How the vice president narrowly missed the mob. The chilling note left for Pence by the man known as the QAnon shaman. Tonight, Speaker Pelosi warns any lawmaker who helped rioters may face prosecution. 25,000 troops called up, the unprecedented inauguration security, and the threats that led President-elect Joe Biden to cancel his Amtrak train to his own swearing-in. Plus how every state is preparing for violence. Police officers speak out. The officer nearly crushed by a door. Another dragged and beaten. People started chanting, kill him with his own gun. Five days left in office. Why President Trump wants a military-style send-off with all the pomp and circumstance. Vaccine stockpile confusion is the reserve drain. Some states cancel appointments. New York City may run out of shots by next week. How President-elect Biden plans to get more Americans vaccinated. Midwest blizzard, the storm that's closing highways with blinding snow and hurricane-force winds. Horrifying crash, a New York City bus dangles off an overpass. And CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road with the story of remarkable friendships. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, and thank you for joining us on this Friday night. We are going to begin with some breaking news because federal prosecutors now say that some of those rioters who stormed the U.S. Capitol last Wednesday intended to capture and assassinate government officials, including Vice President Mike Pence. And tonight we're learning chilling new details about just how close they were to their target. CBS News has confirmed that Secret Service agents whisked Mr. Pence into an office off of the Senate floor. Just one minute before rioters stormed up a nearby stairwell, 
stairwell in what some are calling a stunning breach of Secret Service protection. Now, as we come on the air, the nationwide manhunt to arrest and detain some of the most violent rioters is expanding as concern grows that some of them may now be planning more attacks during next week's inauguration. There's also this. Investigators say there is mounting evidence the insurrection may have been carefully planned, pointing to videos and eyewitness accounts of groups wearing military-style gear and using SWAT-style hand gestures. Well, tonight, sources tell CBS News a new intelligence bulletin is warning that domestic extremists now pose the highest threat to President-elect Biden swearing in, and the intelligence community now believes foreign adversaries are trying to exploit that threat and spread disinformation online. So here in D.C., the city is now completely locked down by police and the National Guard days ahead of what is supposed to be a peaceful transfer of power. Well, we've got a lot of new reporting tonight for you and your family. Our team is standing by. CBS's Jeff Begays is going to lead us off tonight from right here in Washington amid the security. Good evening, Jeff. Nora, and you know this, normally on a Friday night, this part of D.C., it would be packed with people in cars. Right now, all we see are these tall fences here, these barricades right here, and National Guard members all over the city. In the coming days, they're going to be about 25,000 strong. Lessons learned after last week's attack, during which the vice president had to run for cover. New details tonight show just how close the violent mob got to the vice president and his family. The insurrection was quickly spreading. Rioters were climbing the walls outside. Police were being overrun. While inside, House and Senate members evacuated. Protesters are in the building. Thank you. The vice president stayed in the Senate chamber for nearly 14 minutes after the initial breach, giving the angry intruders time to get closer to his location. Some chanting Pence was a traitor and that he should hang. The Secret Service finally rushed Pence and his family out to a nearby office. Hey, where are they killed the Within a minute, the violent mob was charging up the stairs after a Capitol Police officer who was drawing them away from Pence's location. The rioters were less than 100 feet away from where Vice President Pence and his family were hiding. Later, the Secret Service evacuated the Pence's to safety. It was clear the attackers were out for blood. At least that's what prosecutors suggested today in filings for Jacob Chansley, who was photographed inside the Capitol building that day with a bullhorn calling for the assassination of congressmen. Known as the QAnon shaman, investigators say he espoused identifying and hanging leaders he viewed as traitors within the United States government. And that Chansley, who intended to return for the inauguration, left a note for Pence on the Senate dais. It's only a matter of time. Justice is coming. In the days since the attack, justice has come for the rioters. The FBI has about 300 cases against people in the mob, a number that is expected to grow exponentially. Peter Steger, who is seen in this video beating an officer with a flagpole, has been taken into custody, also charged Jennifer Lee Ryan, who traveled to Washington from Texas in a private jet. In a Facebook Live post recovered by investigators, she was captured on camera saying, we are going to effing go in there. Life or death, it doesn't matter. Here we go. Prosecutors are also looking into whether there was coordination among people or groups in the mob. Tonight, Capitol Police opened an investigation into whether some members of Congress helped the protesters plan their assault. 
prevent a repeat of the Capitol attack, Washington, D.C. has turned into a fortress in what looks like wartime footing. D.C.'s mayor says heightened security uh, may be the lobbies. norm after the inauguration. So we all have to think about a new posture. We certainly have to think about a new um, posture in the city. And tonight there is still a lot of work to be done. You can see behind me they're still placing some of these big barricades. And you can expect to see security similar to this in all 50 states amid these threats for potential violence. Nora. Never seen our nation's capital like this. Jeff Pegues, thank you. Tonight, some of the police officers who were hurt in the Capitol assault are telling stories that are truly harrowing. They were outmanned and overpowered. CBS's Chris Van Cleve spoke with two officers who were nearly killed by the mob. About three dozen D.C. police officers made their stand in a hallway leading into the Capitol, a mob of thousands pushing back. There was distress calls coming out from the Capitol from MPD units. That's my department. Your guys were in trouble. Right. And uh, we were going to go. Not going to sit that one out. Officer Mike Fanone didn't have to be at the Capitol last Wednesday. He and his partner self-deployed, answering the call for backup. What's going through your mind as you're getting on there and you see the chaos that has descended upon the Capitol? I was like, what the f*** did I get myself into? As they pushed the mob back outside... Officer Daniel Hodges found himself pinned between the door and the rioters. You can see the guy reaching up to grab my gas mask, just sort of beating my head against the door and ripping it away. He was also able to rip away my baton and hit me in the head with it. So, you know, I definitely considered that that might be it. I might not be able to make it out of there. Fortunately, he was able to escape. They thought they were just going to say, we're your friends, you know, we had your back during the last year, you should have ours right now. And then we'd all march into Congress together and take over the country. That's not how our democracy works. During the melee, someone grabbed Fanon and pulled him into the crowd. You can see him here in this video. I mean, it was brutal. Beaten, you know, struck with a variety of different objects. I remember getting tased probably about a half dozen times. Individuals in the crowd start grabbing for my gun. And at that point... People started chanting, kill him with his own gun. You know, my best chance for survival at this point was to try to appeal to someone's humanity. I remember yelling out that I have kids. It worked. Some of the protesters surrounded him, allowing him to escape. What would you say to the people that eventually came to your aid? Thank you, but f*** you for being there. He does have a way with words, doesn't he? Now, both officers are recovering from injuries suffered last Wednesday. They're on medically. Fanone actually had a mild heart attack, but says he's okay. They both said, given all of the added security and the National Guard here in D.C., they're confident we will not see a repeat of last week's sur- siege at the Capitol. Nora? Glad those officers are okay. Thank you, Chris. And tonight, we there are new questions about whether the Capitol mob had help on the inside. CBS Nancy Cordes joins us from Capitol Hill. So, Nancy, we know there's been a lot of focus on members of Congress who may have helped the mob, but there was a new development today that has significantly advanced this. Tell us what happened. A couple of them, Nora. Capitol Police told us that they are investigating this, and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that there will be consequences for any member of Congress who provided tours or reconnaissance for any of these rioters the day before the uprising. Take a listen. If, in fact, it is found that members of Congress were accomplices 
to this insurrection, if they aided and abetted the crime, there may have to be actions taken beyond the Congress and, and uh, in terms of prosecution. Several lawmakers or their aides have told us that they saw large groups in House office buildings in violation of House rules the day before the riots, Nora. And Nancy, I understand that you have some new reporting on the timing of a Senate trial for President Trump. That's right. We've learned that one option under consideration right now would be to wait a couple of days after the inauguration of President-elect Biden so that the Senate can focus on confirming some of his most high-profile cabinet nominees first before starting the trial. Nora. Nancy Cordes, thank you. Tonight, the CDC is warning the new highly contagious variant of coronavirus could lead to a sharp increase in cases, and it comes as the U.S. struggles to ramp up vaccine distribution. Here in the U.S., more than 12 million doses have been given, but many Americans may now have to wait longer for theirs. Here's CBS's Nikki Batiste. In the rush to vaccinate, lines growing long, patients running short. They say, call at another time, we are overwhelmed. Some in New York had appointments but were turned away. People will die because of this failure. Then suddenly this morning, another hospital announcing 1,500 available doses. Lines stretched around the block. Uh, It's just absolute shame on America that this is how the rollout of this uh, vaccine is going. How would you describe all of it? Terrible. You know, I hate to say this, but I think the whole thing is a a mess. Here we are. We're getting it. And it's just luck. One problem is that states only received a fraction of the doses they were expecting. 20 million doses were promised to be administered by the end of December. Today, less than 13 million have actually been given. Then, in what appeared to be a move designed to ease the backlog, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar announced this on Tuesday. We are releasing the entire supply we have for order by states rather than holding second doses in physical reserve. Not true, say the governors of Oregon and Colorado. We were lied to with uh, plans of the administration to release reserve doses. But Pfizer, in a statement to CBS News, says Operation Warp Speed has asked us to start shipping second doses only recently. As a result, we have on hand all the second doses of the previous shipment to the U.S., What do you say to Americans who are just worried about getting the vaccine? Help is coming. Uh, More vaccine doses are being made. Most Americans will start getting access to vaccines late spring into summer. Here in New York City, vaccine supply is so low, the mayor says they'll run out next week. Mount Sinai Hospital had to cancel all vaccine appointments scheduled through Tuesday. Nora? It's really awful. Nikki Batiste, thank you. Today, President-elect Joe Biden detailed his plan to speed up vaccinations, and we have new details about the first high-level call between the outgoing and incoming administrations. Here's CBS's Weijia Zhang. Just days before departing the White House, Vice President Mike Pence has finally called his successor, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, to say congratulations. President Trump has so far refused to do the same with President-elect Joe Biden and plans to leave the White House early Wednesday morning for Florida, skipping all of the traditional Inauguration Day festivities. He does plan a military-style send-off for himself just before his final flight on Air Force One. 
Mr. Trump's absence in the final days has left Pence as the public face of the administration, with Washington on lockdown still reeling from the Capitol assault. Have you spoken with Pence? Today in Delaware, the president-elect was focused on his promise to deliver 100 million shots of the COVID-19 vaccine in the first 100 days of his presidency. Truthfully, we remain in a very dark winter. Mr. Biden plans to use FEMA to mobilize thousands of staff members to create more vaccination sites, use the Defense Production Act to increase supplies, and train 100,000 new workers to administer the shots. This is a time to set big goals, to pursue them with courage and conviction, because the health of the nation is literally at stake. The president-elect also said it was shocking to see some Republican members of Congress refusing to wear a mask during the riots. What the hell is the matter with them? It's time to grow up. Today, Mr. Biden said he feels safe attending inauguration based on the intel that he has received. And we've learned this weekend he plans to put the final touches on his address. Nora? Weijia Zhang, thank you. Tonight, dangerous winds and blinding snowstorms are howling across the central U.S. A major interstate had to be shut down all the way through South Dakota. The storm is dumping six to eight inches of snow. In New York City, a horrifying crash. An MTA bus flew off an overpass overnight, and the front end slammed into the ground 50 feet below. Eight people were hurt, including the driver who suffered a broken jaw. For some seniors, the golden years are lonely ones, but not for the man you're about to meet. He makes new friends every day. Here's CBS's Steve Hartman with tonight's On the Road. Whoa! 91-year-old Gene McGee couldn't believe his good fortune. When he stepped outside his house in Vidalia, Louisiana this week, he discovered a bunch of kids from the daycare across the street. Trying to get that ball from him. Willing and wanting to include him in their fun. Hey there. He also met the daycare teacher. What's your name? Megan Nunez. Every day I cross the street and we meet again. And your name? It's Megan. Meet again. Megan. Every day Megan. for three years now, Gene has been meeting Megan, Megan for what yeah. he thinks to be the very first time. My name is Gene. Gene, Mr. Gene. Yeah. Now, who was that? Gene has severe dementia. Well. He can barely remember yeah. his own face. I don't know who that is. That's you. His daughter, Kathy, says he also suffered from loneliness. Until those daycare kids came into his life. Hey, Mr. Dean. Oh, my goodness. They have been such a blessing to Daddy. And he lights up. For about an hour, every afternoon, Gene and the kids bask in each other's company. And although the night will erase every memory of the day. Be careful. And a fog will smother every echo of laughter. Something will remain in the recesses of his mind. Something will beckon him back whenever he hears the children playing. He just goes right to the front yard. And he remembers that this is going to be a joyful thing. Exactly. If he goes outside. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of inexplicable. Because it's love. And, you know, everybody responds to love. How are you doing? I'm good. Megan says it's almost like an instinct. I'm Gene. We always tell the kids... That his brain is kind of sick, but his heart always remembers us. Mr. Dean! Dementia can rob so much. 
but apparently acceptance and compassion. What's your best move? Are unforgettable. <laughs> Steve Hartman, CBS News, on the road. Sunday on 60 Minutes, new reporting on the Capitol assault and unprecedented inaugural security. And our interview with Washington quarterback Alex Smith on his remarkable comeback from a catastrophic leg injury. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. A reminder, stay positive, test negative. I'm Nora O'Donnell right here in the nation's capital. Be safe this weekend. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.